Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everyone, and thank you for listening to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. Kiki and I thought that we would just begin a whole new series that talks about careers, um, particularly because students and even parents like to envision different careers in different ways and what it actually seems like. So we wanted to have people in different careers, different jobs to come on here and explain what they do on a day to day and how they got got here. I think the prime example that I always use is when, let's see, a person watches CSI. They're like, oh, man, that's what a detective does. Like, that's so cool. That's what I want to do. Until they talk to an actual detective and they're like, yeah, it's actually a lot of paperwork. It's not that fun. It's actually backbreaking work. So that's why we want to have this series so you can get a better understanding of what career fit would be best for you. Um, because we also know that a lot of students don't have the opportunity to either volunteer or either either even do an internship to uh, get an idea of what that's like. So we hope you enjoy this brand new series. We are starting off with people that work in communications. And today we are interviewing our very good friend, Eugene Daniel. We'll have him uh, break down a little bit of his background of what he does and his title. But we hope you listen in. If you have any questions about this uh, interview, feel free to also send us an email to our Yas our Yasin Gmail. All right, did I do a good job, Kiki? Yeah, it was perfect. That was right. amazing. You're really Thank good at you. it. She is. Thank you. And I also want a preference too. So we're doing communications first. So we're interviewing people that usually interview people. So I've I'm a yes, little pressure. nervous. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> we're interviewing people that do this for their daily job so you know when you listen back to this be be gentle with us but anywho eugene take the floor tell us what do you do and what is your title yeah so my title is an anchor and reporter i work for 13 news now in hampton roads virginia for those who don't know where that is that is virginia beach um norfolk i think a lot of people more familiar probably with virginia beach but norfolk uh chesapeake uh that area hampton newport news and we even cover places in north carolina um like the outer banks is a part of our area as well so as an anchor and reporter those are two different roles working within tv news um as a reporter i'm the one that goes out into the community and finds people and issues and you research and interview people either hoping to advocate for someone who needs their voice heard uh getting answers for people who feel as though you know they've been getting the runaround or they just have some things that they need help with or questions that they need to have settled i thought that was a good introduction to what a lot of you all do as reporters and anchors so I guess, Kemi and I want to talk or ask you, too, like how you got into it. So Kemi and I, I think you said this, but Kemi, and I, Kemi, Eugene and I all went to Elon together. So we saw you spend a lot of EU, you know, we saw you spend a lot of <laughs> late nights in the, the studio or like the lab, right? The communications building. So we've seen your trajectory to where you where you got to. But can you talk a little bit about like your undergraduate experience and then what got you into the field? up until now? 
Yeah, quick question for you all. I know this mm -hmm. is the interviewer interviewing the interviews, but um, for the age range of people who normally watch you all, where where are they in their journey? That's a good question. For our the viewers now that we have are a lot of people that are beginning of the 20s to 30s. We're trying to shift our target audience more to teenagers, though. So we're trying to collaborate with high schools, sending them promotions. So that way they can get them LinkedIn. Um, but I guess that also can also serve another question. Would this even be a possibility? You can answer this later. But would this even be a possibility for someone to pivot into this career so late? Is, have you heard of people doing anything like that? Yeah, so so a few different things. So going back to uh, Kiki's question, I'll go back a, a step, the step before when you all met me, right? So um, high school, how did I even know this is what I wanted to go into? Um, typically is a big thing, right? So you both know me, but those who don't know that I like to talk and I like people. <laughs> talking and I like talking to people um, and I like helping people um, in any way that I can. And so when I was younger, uh, in high school age, I had the opportunity random one day um, to encounter a reporter uh, who was out in the field and happened to be in the area where I was. And I just approached him and asked him, similar to the conversation we're having right now, hey, what do you do? This looks really cool. How does your day to day kind of look? And he was very gracious enough to give me like 15 or so minutes and talk to me. And it was really special to me then because I grew up uh, in Cobb County, Georgia, about 20 or so minutes outside of Atlanta. And so he was working in the Atlanta market, which for a lot of people is a dream. And he was a black man, which was big for me because I'm big on representation. And that really just lit a spark in my mind and my senior year of high school I was asking our um, advisors um, hey is it possible to kind of get a sneak peek at some journalism careers and it worked out to where I had an extra class period that I had tested out of in high school so I was able to intern at my local newspaper for um, an entire period, right? Because you had four periods a day in high school. Um, I was able to start my day and then end my day, uh, did it twice a week um, at the local newspaper. And that's what sparked for me to apply to Elon to go into broadcast journalism. And so uh, that cues um, around the time that you all met me, my freshman year at Elon, I was one of the, the lucky people who knew what he wanted to do as far as a major when he came in so i hit the ground running and there were some extracurricular uh, opportunities within the communications department and i went and was able to get connected um, i wanted to do sports journalism when i first started part of that because of my family my dad is a former nfl football player for 14 years so sports runs in my my blood so i thought that's what i was going to do i was going to be the next Stuart scott i was going to you know cover the biggest games and the biggest players and that was the trajectory that i wanted to take and so i started with this extracurricular um uh show that i was able to be a part of my freshman year called uh uh, what did we call it actually? We called it uh, Phoenix Weekly. 
We call it yeah. Phoenix Weekly. And it was a sports magazine type show. And I'll never forget, it was like my first month on campus. I'd never done any of this before. But here I am, a freshman at Duke University with a camera that I'm still figuring out how to lose. Don't know why they gave me this expensive piece of equipment and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm <laughs> shooting this soccer game between Duke and Elon. And, um, and, and I was hooked. And I came back and, and wrote something up for it. And uh, by the end of my first semester, I wasn't just reporting, I was also anchoring. And what was really neat about that is that show went on locally, not just on the college campus, but all around that portion of North Carolina on ESPN2. So there was somebody who wasn't even going to Elon, whose kids didn't go to Elon, who just lived in Alamance County or lived in the county next door, turns on ESPN2 at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and they are. So that was really cool, and it really just, from then, it, it just kind of kept building. And um, you're right, both of you, I spent a lot of time in the comm building. Um, I had great professors who challenged me, but I also, once I got a taste of these projects, I, I just really wanted to do it. And so um, a lot of time learning how to shoot video on camera. Uh, which uh, we'll talk about how much that has changed since I was even in college. A lot of time learning how to edit, but a lot of time learning how to write. That's probably the biggest thing that we do is your ability to interview people. So that's asking the right question, which a lot of people don't understand. It's like a, a, a skill set you have to really develop mm -hmm. um, the ability to write. So being able to communicate what people are saying, how they feel, uh, being able to uh, enter the right facts, right? All of those things and make it in a way that's concise, creative, and palatable for people to consume. And um, I kind of hinted on it, man, being able to research. You know, a lot of uh, students, even in high school, I talked to a high school class last week, they don't understand like the habits that they are developing now when it comes to their projects or their small research papers or those kind of things that translates really in whatever fields you go into because a lot of them you're going to have to figure out how to research how to find the answers to the questions um, you can kind of translate that into a lot of different things and then presentation being able to speak being able to project being able to communicate um, and make things in a way in which people are entertained. Um, so a lot of that I had to develop within college. And um, as you both know, I had a, I had a really good time, um, a really successful time uh, when it comes to communications in college. And I don't want to continue to ramble and list off everything right now. I'll let you guys kind of ask through that process. But uh, it's, Kiki's giving me the... Hey, the like, go. keep going. Yeah, go, go. Say it. It's fine. So, um, so yeah, so getting really involved on college campus was big for me that first year, and it kind of set the tempo and the stage for the next several years. So my sophomore year, I hit the ground running again, and now my classes, think about Elon, so both of you know, Elon is very big on um, interaction. 
Yes. So it's a hands-on learning university. Class sizes are intended to be a certain, uh, not large, they're intimate settings, and they really push hands-on interactive learning. So if you're not in extracurriculars, which you're going to be encouraged to do so, you are actively going to be doing something in the classroom. So I had a class my freshman year. It was my um, first journalism class um, taught by one of my favorite professors ever, uh, Janet Anderson. And she would tell us we had to go out and we had to write our own story. So we had to find a story that day and we had to, we had all class period to interview people. And then we had to come back and we had to write it by the end of the class. Mm. And so that's what we would do. And I'll never forget that one of those assignments, uh, former President Bill Clinton was coming to campus our freshman year to campaign for Hillary Clinton, his, his wife, who was running against a new up and coming um, senator named Barack Obama. And uh, Bill Clinton was campaigning on Elon's campus. And instead of just doing a written article, because it was a print journalism class, I knew I wanted to do video. I wanted to go into TV broadcast. So I took my camera instead. So I did both assignments. I did a print assignment and I did a broadcast assignment for extra credit. And the crazy part was, like, I ended up meeting President Clinton that day. Crazy. Um, didn't get to interview him. But I got to like meet him. I tried to interview him, and his people were like, "No, um, <laughs> who are you?" <laughs> right. <laughs> but but the reason why I bring that up, a because you never know where this job can take you and who it can bring you in front of. That project, doing that extra credit, actually uh, helped me my freshman year uh, to get another internship, uh, a newspaper. Uh, the newspaper back in my hometown that I interned freshman year briefly, they saw me do that. And they were like, hey, again, remember, this is this is like 14 years ago now. Right. So they're like, hey, we haven't we're trying to launch an online video component of our newspaper. And we saw what you did. We'd like for you to help us do that. And so. Um, I went back to the paper and I helped launch their um, their video uh, department, you know, shooting stories, shooting video, shooting sports, those kind of things that they thrive on now. I mean, that's where they get a lot of their money from now. Um, but all that happened because of interactive classes and taking risk and, and doing extra credit. So anyway, so coming in sophomore year after my internship. I um, had just a really solid sophomore year. And this is when I met Kimmy. Uh, Kiki, you weren't there yet. Um, but Kimmy could tell you, Kiki, that that first semester of my sophomore year, I may have been a little bit too focused. Because, yeah. Um, out of our friend group, we have an amazing, you know, we had an amazing college group of friends. I was the one that they didn't even know really existed until like months into it. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I was working so hard. Uh, but I was putting together these great projects, had great momentum. I was getting um, great feedback. And that was my first year of like kind of seeing where the work could take me. I got an award. Um, school flew me out to Las Vegas um, for having the best. Um, I did a story on a football player there. It was like a long form, really just a... a highlight personality piece on him and uh it won for like best sports 
journalism uh, story in the country, you know, for wow. And so, um, yeah, so all that hard work, all the, you know, reaching out to professors, I did that a lot when I was, you know, those first few years, um, making sure that I could try to get my hands on any opportunity as possible. By that time, I was shooting often, so my shooting was getting better, my editing was getting better, uh, my interviewing was getting better, feeling comfortable just getting better. Um, and uh, so I was seeing the benefits of my reward. And I thought, you know, this is great. I'm a lock. I want to do sports journalism. I'm, I'm on a roll. And then I changed my career path. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't think either of you know this. But um, the earthquake in Haiti in 2000 and I want to say it would have been 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, not 2012, go back. Was it 2008? It was 2008, 2009, I think. It, it may have been 2009. Um, just devastating earth, um, earthquake. Um, changed the trajectory of my career. I remember thinking, okay, watching all of the sports coverage, and they were doing an amazing job doing whatever they could. But but the angles that you could take in sports at that time were limited to either, you know, the athletes who are giving back or the athletes who are from Haiti. So I kept seeing over and over again, like the same kinds of stories with this limited group of people. But you're trying to draw it in the sports. Right. And, and I know like the earthquake in Haiti isn't necessarily a sports story, but it's a, it's a human story. Right. And um, and I knew then that I wanted to do more with my gift. And so I shifted out of sports and went to news. Um, and um, that ended up being a really good decision for me. Could I have made it in sports? I, I believe so. No, I still love sports. Um, but shifting into news really challenged me because it's a completely different animal. Um, you know, as we see evident here in the last several years, for sure, um, there's 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 a lot riding on the ability to um, get to the bottom of really tricky situations and being able to accept that people are not going to like you and to accept that people are going to reject you multiple times a day. Um, except that, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure um, and, and attention on the fine details of what you do. You know, there's, there's a lot of pressure with that that doesn't always come in sports. Um, you know, it does. It crosses, you know, often, but not always. Mm. In, in journalism, it very much so is, hey, listen, this, you know, this is this is not a light thing. And I've got to give sports a little bit more credit because I think within the last 10 years, there's been a major push, you know, as sports is intersected with news that they're like, no, this is serious stuff. So I, I got to I got to kind of retract that. But but yeah, so that was a big switch for me. But it, it panned out. Um, I had four internships when I was in college. Uh, interned my freshman year at the newspaper. Uh, and the second year, I went back. My freshman and sophomore year, I went back. Um, and then junior year, uh, as Kimmy knows, I 
disappeared. Actually, I guess this is when Kiki would have been there too. So I guess I disappeared on both of y'all for a period of time. <laughs> um, I was in New York at uh, CBS 60 Minutes for a semester yeah. of year. And uh, I think right after that or before that, I was in Egypt um, working on a project um, with the comm school. And then it was, I went to Egypt first and I came back for like a week and then I went to New York and I was gone for five months. And then I went to Louisiana for my fourth and final internship in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I interned at a local TV station there for the summer. And then I came back. So I don't think I saw y'all for like a seven to eight month stretch. Yeah, that's throwback. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, But that, that really just kind of, that was my collegiate kind of experience. And I, I feel like I'm just talking way too much but no, i'll if, ask a question soon once you finish <laughs> if i had to wrap up everything in college from a you know what helped me get to my journey uh what were the best things i did in college it was being active uh, when it comes to my career like because there's a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about about college about the whole person and all but um it was it was getting involved early so, you know, as soon as I got in freshman year, I was determined to find something that um, was kind of relative to what I thought I wanted to do. And that's really important because you may think you want to do something and then you you get involved, you get a kind of a, a taste of what it's like and you realize really quickly that that's not what you want. You yeah. know, that was me with print when I went to high when I was in high school and I got to do that that internship in my senior year of high school. I knew then I don't, I definitely don't want to do print. And so, you know, that was good to get that out the way. Um, you know, it helped kind of focus me a little bit. Um, so getting involved early, extracurriculars, those kind of things, um, really honing in on your classes and, and talking with your professors in the areas of study that you're trying to do, not only from a standpoint of learning, but a lot of people take the connections that professors have for granted because mm-hmm. yes. really a lot of them like are formally in the field that you're trying to get into or still currently in it. And so they have their own network of people that they can introduce you to, um, all those kind of things. Like, you know, two of my internships came through a professor recommending me, not because I applied, right? So that was a big thing, you know, networking, you know, even in the simplest form um, with the people that you have available was big. Um, And then obviously, like, you know, putting in the work, you know, I I did miss a lot of things. I feel like I was still around. I still did stuff. Right. But but I definitely wanted to come out of college with materials you could see you know mm-hmm. that you can actually see my work that you weren't definitely in my field you you can't just show up with a resume like you won't you won't get hired by just a resume like handing someone a piece of paper i don't know i don't even know if my people who hired me looked at my resume um what they're going to look at is what we call a reel and and that's looking at your body of work seeing what you do hearing your voice seeing your face um and, you know, so I needed to come out of college with a reel. And thankfully, I, I 
I had a great one coming out of, you know, for a high school student, I mean, for a college student. Um, and then, um, you know, so the last was, was internships. Mm-hmm. I think that really separated me from a lot of other people um, is that I had four internships in college. Um, I didn't wait. And so, and, and I know that's tricky because not everyone can afford to do it. That's why I did my first two internships at home. Mm-hmm. And I worked on the side, got paid, you know, paid from the internship, but also worked on the side. And, um, but that really separated me from a context uh, stand up view. And then also, you know, when I get to tell people, this is what I did. These are the people yeah. I worked with. This is, this is what I saw. I know what it's like to work in a professional setting and do this job at a high level. You know, that helps certainly. Yeah. So I guess this would be like the perfect time to ask you about transitioning out of college into career. So let's talk about that transition for you. So what was like your first job after you graduated? What was that transition like for you in your job? And then what jobs did you have after that? And what were the roles in each? And like the duties in each? That's a good question. I'm going to try to keep this much shorter. I just felt like I talked for maybe 20 minutes, but, um, Yeah, so when I got out of college, I landed my job. I think I graduated on a. I think we graduated on a Saturday and um, landed my job on a Tuesday or something like that. I remember that it was quick. Yeah, (laughs) landed on a Tuesday and then had moved up there three weeks later because I stayed on a college campus for a week um, before moving back to to Georgia. Um, so the transition. So a lot of people think all those things that I told you what helped me start my career are, are true. Those four components of, you know, uh, you know, getting involved, internships, working hard, paying attention in classes, talking with professors, etc. Um, but that wasn't what ended up, there was a big component that played a part in me getting my job. Um, Also, be wary of how you treat people. Mm. So when I was in college, you know, we were assigned roommates. And my roommate for my first two years, he was a really great friend now. Um, It was a great friend in college, but like really one of my good friends. Um, I didn't even realize it for a long portion when we were in college. I knew his dad had a background in, in my industry, but I didn't know what did at the time he was like one of the top leaders in one of the biggest tv companies uh in the country that worked with and oversaw dozens and dozens of um of tv stations across the country and so when I was at my senior year, uh, y- y- y'all know me, I do some things and I'm, I'm really weird at times with my logic. I was determined, like I, I, have, I have work and I have friends and family. And I don't like, personally at that time in my life, I didn't want to intersect either because I didn't want anyone to think that I was just using them for mm-hmm. what. And it's a flawed logic, to be honest with you. You've got connections, use them. But I, I was determined. I was like, you know, I'm not going to ask him for help. Because why? Because these, these are my people. And I don't I, I want to keep you guys over here. 
And I remember we were having dinner, you know, uh, all of us before graduating. And his dad was like, Eugene, uh, I love you. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. Give me, give me your stuff today. And, um, you know, just give it to me today. And, and he sent it out to a bunch of people. Wow. Who I hadn't sent it out to yet because I, mm-hmm. and I had like five calls like that week. It's amazing. Which is why I was able to just, you know, choose from one. And then I had an option to go to like New York too, because I had an internship there, but just, you know, which was an honor to be offered, but, but the rule wasn't what I knew that I needed for my career. It would have been cool to live in New York, but, um, it wasn't what I needed at the time to do so. But so, so really like that, that is how I made the start, right? Still my work, I mean, my relationship only opened the door. My work kept me in the door. Right. But, but I think that's something that people should hear. Like sometimes it's the most unlikely connection that you have that uh, will end- will ultimately get you in the role that you Network, network, network. It's all you got to do. So, you know, just be careful how you treat people all the time. Treat people, you know, best way you can. Um, So what was that first position? First position I was in. First position, actually, (laughs) uh, I was in this place for a very long time. So I went to Peoria, Illinois as a reporter. Central Illinois, the small, you know, Midwestern city. And I tell people... You know, uh, coming from not far from Atlanta, even having roots in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I had never seen this much corn and soybean before in my life. Um, You know, it's heavy, heavy on farm, uh, industrial, uh, but also like, you know, there's some great people who have come out of Peoria. It was the headquarters for Caterpillar, which is um, a major engineering uh, company. Uh, one of the largest in, in the world uh, and moving uh, like earth, essentially, that kind of uh, equipment and gear. Uh, Richard Pryor is from Peoria, uh, one of the greatest comedians of all time. So there's a lot of lot of history uh, that comes out of Peoria. Um, and I started there as a reporter. And um, honestly, truly, you talk about the transition. I think the biggest transition for me starting off was just time. You know, I've always struggled with time management. And in college, when you're putting together these reports, you know, they gave me college time. So, like, <laughs> I was doing extracurricular stuff, but, Mike, I would start a story on Monday, and I didn't really have to have it done until, you know, like, video-wise, sometimes I didn't have to have it done until Friday or, you know, next week, or I had all weekend then I can get it done and, and submit it on Tuesday when I had class. Um, even if I procrastinated, I still had an extra day, right? So were you, do you also, were you editing the videos at the time as well? So was that yes. also a one band thing? Yeah, so they call, yeah, you've heard, probably heard one man band. I'm actually an MSJ now, so multi-skilled journalist. So even okay. like now, um, so you have reporters and CF, so in my field, you have reporters when you go out, reporters and photographers, right? So, um, you know, two, typically that's like a two-man team. And obviously photographers will shoot video and edit. The reporter 
is the one you're working side by side all day. You're asking the questions, you're writing, and you got to work to say, how are we going to get this image? I mean, this um, this vision of a story out. Um, then you have MSJs or MMJs or one man bands or one man Janes. They're all of the same. Um, of, uh, and it's a it's a growing trend in in my industry where now we're all that in one. So um, where I am now, I'll have reporter, I'll have photographers with me some days. And then other days I have my gear with me where I go out, I shoot the video, I'm interviewing, I come back, I'm editing, you know, multiple stories throughout the day, um, uploading up to um, posting on social media, writing the web story. So, I, you know, it's, it's a lot in a given day. But when I you're was a legit home, influencer, but for the country. <laughs> <laughs> But before, when I was in Peoria, that was not the case. Um, Peoria was a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a union, um, Illinois is a union state. So we had photographers who were part of a union. And so, um, you know, it's smart in order to, you know, protect uh, the sanctity of their jobs. Uh, reporters, we reported, we did those things. And then the photographers, it was, you know, signed up at our station that they would be the ones shooting and it's cool. Some of my best friends and people I worked with for a very long time. So um, the biggest issue though was was probably um, time. Things that I used to have a week to do, now I had four or five hours to do, right? Wow. So I, I learned at the beginning of the day what I'm doing. Either I pitched it, and they accepted it or they had an idea and they want me to go with it, which is how it still works today. And I have, you know, let's say I get in at 9.30, our meeting's done at 10.15, 10.30. Then I have from 10.30 until the first show at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock to get whatever elements that I have mm. to do. Right? So that means I got to make calls. I have to you know, deal with whether or not that person is going to say yes or no. If they say no, who else am I going to get? Um, I have to then schedule with them, get to them, interview them, research also, make sure I'm knowledgeable of everything possible, that I'm not just saying what they say. Um, I got to know if they blow in smoke or whatever. Um, and finding other people, because most stories don't involve one person, involves multiple people. So I got to do that throughout every single day. And then write it right go back through what they said write it and then edit it and then get it up right so so time management has, has always been a challenge for me and that was the hardest for me when i first started and then also just working with other people i mean when you're in college you're working in a silo a lot of times you work by yourself and now every single day i was working with a photographer and that was a that was a challenge mm. to be like, this is what i want to do and that they have their thoughts on what they want to do and um, so, so that was probably the hardest part. But anyway, I stayed there for, I ended up staying there for nine years. Um, and I can't believe you, when we first said Peoria, I was like, you were there for that long? I forgot that yeah, you were there for time. that long. <laughs> I thought that was just like a small stint. But then you said Peoria, I was like, wait, really yeah. that long? Yeah, wow. for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, so I was there. I ended up falling in love with, with the people. Uh, first two years I did reporting. Uh, a lot of people don't know, like I left the station after two and a half years um, because um, originally I was going to, you know, I got offers to go to other jobs, but I've always had a passion for like you know, ministry and church and and faith and helping people explore their faith and, and various religions. 
And um, I had an opportunity through my church that I connected with in Peoria that they would sponsor me to go to uh, to get my master's, uh, to go to seminary. And, um, and I would work at the church with college students, 19 to 29 year olds, uh, young adults as well. And um, I jumped at it, you know, and I did that for a number of years. And about, I don't know, five months into me being gone from the station, they called me back and was like, hey, listen, like, <laughs> we love you and uh, we understand that you're pursuing this other career, but uh, we'll work around your schedule. So whenever you can come in to report, just come in to report. So I ended up being a reporter, like, I don't know, three days during the week, a night side reporter covering city politics and state politics, those kind of things, um, while being in seminary and pursuing a master's and and working at a church for about three or so years, four four years, because I wanted to see a uh, there was a group I wanted to see graduate, and uh, then I came back full time, worked the morning show, learned I am not a morning person, and then uh, after about a year of that, they actually gave me my own show. Um, you know, it was a four o'clock show. We covered a lot of politics. We covered community efforts. Um, and I did a lot of live, I did a live interview every single day. So I kind of developed my skills of doing live interviews, uh, mostly with politicians and, and on issues that were impacting people in the community of cross central Illinois. And then that went so well, I think like viewership of that hour that I was on from the previous year to the year when we actually did it went up like 40 something percent. Um, so it was doing like really well. Amazing. And, um, they ended up making me the main anchor my last two years there, which was incredible because I, I think I was the first uh, full-time um, evening black male anchor in that area. I had others who had been there you know, for a long time, but they were morning anchors and People in the past who have been, you know, had stints, but uh, as the main evening anchor. So, I mean, I took a lot of pride in that. That was great. I love the city. I love the people. This day is like home. It's like where I grew up. You made uh, history. That you yeah, you did. made history, won some awards and, you know, did a lot of work uh, with people. I think that's what I'm most proud about. It's not just like the new stuff, but it's the people I was able to connect with when I was down there. But, um, but yeah, I was there for nine years. And it was time for a change, and that's when I decided, hey, let me look somewhere else. Um, and I landed here in Hampton Roads um, in October 2020, right in the middle of a of pandemic. A, of a pandemic. Panini. <laughs> so I guess. Oh, Kiki, go ahead. You ask a question because I've asked too many questions. Oh no, it's fine. Side note, I sound really terrible. That's why I'm not talking a lot today. But you, well, a, a big term that I hear a lot of our friends and you all like say is like the market. Like there's a, there's like different markets in anchoring and reporting. Can you talk about like the importance of what the market, like what that means? And like, I guess that comes with growth in the career as well. 
Yeah. So, um, so market market sizes. You're referring to TV markets. So, um, almost every city in the country or country is basically divided into TV markets, um, and they're ranked. Um, a lot of times they're ranked based upon the size of the market, how many people live there. Um, but also uh, viewership is the main thing. How many viewers are watching your newscast, right? So, for instance, um, markets can fluctuate. So when I was in Peoria, Illinois, uh, the market size when I started there was like 118, somewhere around, somewhere around there. Um, the, what does that mean? So basically, if you're number, so number one is New York City. Mm. Oh, okay. Right. Number one market in the country is New York City. So you rank, you're basically ranking them, right? If if you're number one, that means you're going to have the the large, largest, you know, one of the larger populations, one largest viewership, uh, consistent, um, you know, money funneling in from advertisements, all those kind of things, and it's just a top market. Um, you know, some of the top markets in the country are. Or New York, uh, Philadelphia, uh, your Chicago's, your Atlanta's, uh, your right. Dallas, Texas, your Houston's, et cetera, um, your Los Angeles. Mm. Those are some of the you know top. And there's actually a ranking list if you wanted to look up what the top uh, wow. markets are. Where's Where's Rhode Island on that list? Non-existent. <laughs> No, Rhode Island is on there somewhere. <laughs> I gotta look at it. I'm, yeah, it's on there. You, honestly, sometimes you'd be surprised where your market is and then what it's also incorporated into. So I'm sure I can look it up right now and see where I don't know the exact number. But uh, don't 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 do don't do your your home state of Rhode Island like that, uh, Kimmy. So yeah, that's what market size is. So a lot of people. So and basically, what often happens is the. The, the most likely you're going to get paid more as you climb markets. So what you make in market 118 should not be what you make in market 50 and what you make in market 50 should not be what you make in, in market five, right? So as you climb, you get paid more. So when you start off in your career, often what happens is you start on the lower markets and nowadays actually people coming out of college aren't even starting in the lower markets per se they're starting in like the mid markets so the the 50s etc cetera, etc cetera, just the way that our industry is changing and we're struggling to get new people in um so you know usually you start at a lower market it's probably changed to where people are starting in mid markets within the last again since i last 10 years because it wasn't like that when i started um and uh, as you climb, you know, you're, you're, it's supposed to be a sign of your skill set improving. You're probably going to be handling, you know, every location, every area has its big stories, has its things that impact. But then we know as we get to larger places where there are larger people, you have more of those um, and um, bigger players that take place, right? Um, and so it's supposed to be a sign of your skill set becoming better. And then also you would hope that that's compensated in that way as you go to a larger market and having a larger audience. So that's what they mean when they say market sizes. Um, I can't remember where Charlotte is, 
but uh, Charlotte, I want to say, is is top top thirty for sure. I I just gotta I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I've never been great with knowing exactly where market sizes are, but I know Charlotte is um, somewhere within that range. And then I guess one of my questions would be too. So if someone's trying to break into communications, is it, I know like there's like a market ranking. So is there kind of like a role ranking where if someone naturally comes out of college, like they'll maybe do a one band, then is it just like anchor? And then is it like, is anchor just like the top of, you know what I mean? Is that like the highest you can grow? So, okay. So a few things within that, right? So for clarity, if someone wants to, break into broadcast journalism, which is different from breaking into communications, right? So communications is a very broad uh, industry that has a lot of different variables. I would say, you know, um, it's just my personal thought. I I love my field. I tell people don't get into it unless you love it because the pay is not what's going to get you into it. Not, definitely not off the bat. you know, I, I do well for, for where I am now. Um, but, you know, when I first started and for a lot of people, when they start, the average opening salary is uh, between 28 and 34, 35,000. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, a lot of people see like the suits and they see, you know, the, the dresses and, you know, the appearance that we're supposed to make up, but, but they don't realize that it's it's actually ranked one of the lower on average paying industries uh, amongst like the top 200 career paths uh, in the country. Um, and when you average everything out, now as you stay into it and as you continue on, now mind you, it might be you no know, years down. Yeah, you can you can make you know you can do serviceably well. Um, but that's part of why it's struggle to get it's struggling right now to get so many people in and why we're seeing a lot of people leaving. The pandemic changed so many things, right? It showed you what's really important. Um, it shows you that life can change at the drop of a dime and in a point in time in which I think journalism couldn't be more important. Um, there's a lot of people who are leaving the industry, people who have been in it for decades um, and people who've only been in it for a little bit. Because what they're finding is, and this goes back to the word communications, I can be a PR person uh, in a tech field, and I can make you know, three to four times as much off the bat of what I possibly would be making if I were to go into broadcast journalism. Um, I can you know, work communications of some facet for a Fortune 500 company or just any company. Or I can be a public relations person. I mean, a public information officer for a police department, which a lot of people who are uh, leaving journalism end up working at, you know, some kind of law enforcement agency or something of that nature. And you can make more and you have a nine to five Hmm. or nine to four. And, you know, you don't have to work the, the hours that we typically work, right? Like I can't just show up at 930, check out at six just not plausible right like first of all at 9 30 i gotta have some semblance of an idea of what i'm going to pitch or what i'm going to do that day so that means i'm probably starting earlier in the day or i did it the day before night before um and 
six o'clock is when the show's starting. So I may be live in the show. I don't, I don't know, you know, as a reporter, I might be live and all these kind of things. So it's not that simple. I love what I do. I know a lot of people love what we do. I know we have like a, a really kind of, we feel like we're making a difference. Those, you know, when those days happen, it, it sustains and helps. But a lot of journalists, I don't think, you know, I'm not shaming the industry per se by doing that, but it's one of the challenges that they're trying to figure out is, you know, how we how can we get more talented people into it? Part of that is 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 pay for a lot of folks. So um, so I think the heart of your question, since I answered those variables and again, I'm sorry that I'm so long winded, but I'm a very like technical person at times. But for someone who's trying to break into the industry, I think you really I love what I do and I encourage more people to, to be passionate about truth telling, et cetera. But really, and I would say ask yourself and talk to people who are ended, whether or not it's something you want to do, you can afford to do, um, and really fully understanding what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start in, if you've never been in it, assuming you have some form of background, you know, typically you need some form of background in broadcast journalism or, you know, shooting and editing or, or writing, um, you know, because you're going to need that. You know, they're not just going to hire you because you wrote an English paper years ago, those kind of things. You want to be able to um, to really have a good grasp of what you'll possibly be doing, right? So, like, I actually recently had a conversation with someone about this who's, you know, in their, about to turn, in their 30, about to turn 30. And they had an option between going into a tech field or following a passion and going to broadcast journalism. I never want to like kill someone's passion. Like at 30, it's a big difference from entering this, this field at the local level from like 22, 23. Right. Um, And you're talking about maybe a $40,000 at least difference in pay that you're going to get starting off at 30 you know that it's just a it's just a big difference. So I, I just had to have a real conversation with them about that. But you're definitely gonna want to like at least, if not, have some kind of internship. You're gonna want to have to if you're trying to be on camera, you need examples of that. So you need to either shadow someone or someone you know needs to help you, like doing like your own version of a story. Because it's not just like how you look on TV, but you got to be able to write, and you got to be able to write fast. Um. So anyway, to answer your question, I don't think it's impossible to break in as a person who didn't go to college for it. Um, but you're going to have to do some things prior to like you're you're really going to have to like either intern or shadow consistently uh, kind of get a feel for it, show who will your future employers like what they'll be getting in you um, and they'll work with you to a certain extent but the way things are now like it, it's 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 we're constantly like this yeah so um you know you're just you need to have some form of training prior to coming in to just saying nope oh, i'm gonna do it and then the anchor question yeah there i mean there are people who into this field, believe it or not, who don't want to be anchors. Um, but typically, yes, you need to be a, you, you're a reporter for several, several years before you're trusted at the anchor desk, generally. Um, 
And then there are a bunch of jobs that aren't on camera. I, we have producers. They're the writers of the show. They're the ones I tell people, like, um, producers, they create the map. Right? Okay. They create the map. They write the show. They write a lot what the anchors will say, and the anchors will, you know, they'll write what the anchors will say. They will set what stories go in what order. If you ever watched news and wondered why they start with that story and why they'd end with this one. Those are producers that make those decisions. And then you have the worker bees, right? The reporters and the photographers. Reporters go out, as I said before, we interview, we um, ask the questions, we get the answers, we, we do that. Photographers, they shoot the video with the images or the MMJs, they do both of those things, right? And then that comes back in house. Um, and the anchors, well, before we get to the anchors, then you have what are called directors. So they make sure that map that the producers put together and mm-hmm. the content that the, anch- the reporters and photographers got in, that it all now, when it comes to TV, they get handed that map and that blueprint and they make sure it all happens the way it's supposed to. And then the anchors, they execute, you know, and make sure that everything, their last line of defense, as I said before. So there's a lot of things. we got engineers in our industry. You know, somebody has to be there to make sure everything works. You're talking about TV signals. You're talking about a lot of gear. You're talking about, you know, a lot of bandwidth that has to work out. So you have engineers. There are a bunch of jobs at your local TV station and other stations, uh, other forms that you'll never see. And I think that's something that people probably should hear, too. Um, and those... Um, not all of them do you need like a four-year, you definitely not all of them, you don't need a four-year broadcast degree uh, to do them, but you, um, they're there. They, if you want to get into a newsroom but not be on camera, there are other opportunities for that too. But, um, but yeah. That was cool. That was very informative. I think our audience will definitely grab from that. And I like how you mentioned, because you know it's so easy for us to see reporter, anchor, and think that that's it. I like how you discussed everybody that's in the background as well and that those can be possible pivots for someone to go into. Mm-hmm. I also like how you touched on, because I feel like um, a couple of episodes back, we talked to Tyrese and he said something that was very, very, it stood out to me in particular was, we always talk about what you want to be when you grow up, but we never really think about how do you want to live? So it goes back to what you were saying with your friend who wants to go into broadcasting, but he's turning 30. So it is those kind of things to weigh out. Well, if you're in your 30s, do you have a big family? Because if the pay is not what you're looking for, do you want to be on your feet all the time? So those are things that we don't really uh, weigh in on until possibly later on in our life of what we want to see our life be like. And that's very important as well. Yeah, like I said, I I love what I do, but my goodness, yeah, it can definitely be, um, you know, it, it can it can definitely be a lot, you know, um, and just think about the last several years, you know, the highs. There have been some great high. I mean, it's some of the proudest moments in my career have come in the last several years. Um, you know, I, I won. My team won, but you know we, um, you know it was myself and, and and my coworker at the time. We were spearheading it. Uh, we won a major award, um, a regional award for, you know, a passion project. We put together like a, a 
two-hour special on the challenges of being a black American in central Illinois. And, and we hit on all of these different topics. And we had all of these um, experts come in and speak to us over the course of this two hours that we produced. And we got reporters and others to go out and do stories. And again, we had these panelists, so we're asking them questions. Everything from, you know, why is it such a high uh, mortality rate for black mothers as they're giving birth? To what is it really, what does racism really mean? What is it? What does it look like? Uh, what does it mean to be an ally? Um, you know, so you know, what's the relationship between the community and police? And are there issues? How can it improve? And so, um, and we won a great award with that. And but even without the award, I was proud to put that together. You know, um, but you know, we this pandemic has been tough. When other people can try to turn things off, you know, that's not something that we really right. You know, do you know um, for an extended period of time. Oh my goodness, that just made me real. That just blew my mind for a second because during the pandemic, there were times where I said I have to take a pause from the news because it's too much, but you are the news. You are the news. So, so I yeah. guess you could say that's something very important to think about yeah. if you get that kind of career too, is you are the news. You can never turn that off. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are avenues, you know, uh, mental health is, is critical, you know, making sure therapy and, and my company's great and uh, providing, you know, uh, like I get through my insurance uh, at least one uh, I get 12 free sessions with, um, you know, uh, a therapist per year. So, you know, that's you awesome. buy that up, yeah. that's, you, know, you can do one every single month, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But um, so there are avenues for sure. You know, people do have different ways of, of dealing with it. But but the long since, yeah, you know, we you, you talk about turning it off for two weeks a month. No, no, that's that's just not not plausible. So, you know, you definitely have to figure out in my industry how you're going to have a balance. You know, am I going to turn off my device for this amount of time per day? Because, you know, George Floyd, you know, the the the, the fallout from his death yeah. to um, you know Ahmaud Arbery, Deanna Taylor. I mean, I can keep going on. I myself personally covered um, a case uh, in North Carolina, uh, Andrew Brown Jr., and I was literally there in the midst of protest every single day for four and a half, four and a half months, five months. Wow. Um, you know, so you, you, you really do become immersed. And so that's something that you definitely have to factor in. You know, when you're when you're doing doing the role, a lot of journalists, I think, have a are challenged by that, you know, being able to just disconnect outside of like vacations, you know, a lot of people. But it's something in our industry that's talked about a lot more, which is great. And I think a lot more people are finding healthy ways to to process and and go through that. But, yeah, yeah. You think about just this last two two weeks. Well, I know when this airs, it'll be beyond. But but the recent you know, mass shootings, you know, we're, we're, you know, uh, I'm not personally covering it, but it's not something I can just turn off and, and look mm. away from. Mm, and the right. journalist, 
who's have unfortunately covered several of those you know so it's 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 one of those things where you really have to be mindful of your mental health and and advocate for yourself and um you know but there are highs there are highs with that too like to know that you advocated for somebody in their worst days and maybe help them find resources that otherwise they wouldn't have been able to find or somebody you know here we do a lot of stories uh, it's a large you know military area and and just in general uh, unemployment during the pandemic was huge for instance so you know you got people who have challenges when it comes to the VA or um, you know the unemployment office our VEC we had a reporter here who was literally you never want credit for it but was literally helping people you know, be able to get the money that they were owed to be able to feed their families wow. um, so when you when you when you consider that kind of stuff yeah it's tough but man there's there's in in the midst of all of that there's some really awesome work that we can be doing um you know, to be able to to advocate for people and place some pressure on the people who are, you know, to be accountable. Um, but really, at the end of the day, like helping people, you know, and understanding their community and, and getting the resources that they need. That's amazing. You really, it really is. Yeah, you hit on all of our questions, too. Like, even though you said you were saying you were long winded, you were totally fine because there were wow, so many sad. things. So long. I just kept, felt like I kept going. I was just still talking. You are long winded, but it was not, it was, it was much appreciated because I think the whole point of this, I don't even want to call it a series because we're just going to be doing this, but yeah. the whole point of this, bringing people on that are in different fields is to let students, their parents, like Kimmy said, and just other individuals maybe wanted to do a career change to help people realize the work that goes into what everybody does. Because, like I said, Kimmy and I witnessed, like, you, Janae, Faith, Brittany, work hours. And sometimes we didn't see you all for a long time. Like, I, didn't, I don't think we saw Janae for, like, a whole semester because she also did an internship, too. But yeah, just the, the work that you all have to put into what you do. Because you talked about, we, all, we only really see, like, the glamorous side a lot. Like, the anchors and the meteorologists, the people on TV... And a lot of times people don't even know, like, you might have to do your own makeup when you're when you're starting out. If you're on TV, you know, there's a lot to do my own makeup. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot people don't realize. So I think it was great that you highlighted the that there are the glamorous things that we see, but also the challenges. But I was just I was respected all of you, too, because you do get to go on this, to the community. I don't watch news. I just can't, like for my like you all, we talked about it just now. I have the privilege to not be able, like to not watch it if I don't want to not right. listen to it. like we know what's going on but I just can't handle it um but I think I, I always appreciated like hearing you all like in the field I'm like okay they're doing community they're doing stuff in the community and you all are making a difference so I I believe this is really a great way to start this whatever we're going to call this as well because it just highlights how people like the the glamorous parts of our careers the challenges and the ways that we can make a difference. So I think moving forward, that's what we'll we'll try to highlight as well. But this was really good. Like, yeah, we didn't have to ask any questions because I, I I knew I knew Eugene was gonna come on here and just tell everything, and you did. <laughs> Thank you. Um, kind of give insight, just some uh, 
how our days can change at any given time. And I don't think I told you guys about this, but um, probably the wildest thing, because I had a student ask me this when I talked to them last week. They said, what's, what's the wildest or craziest, or have you ever been afraid in a story? And uh, recently, and so um, about this March, March, um, I had a situation where there was a guy in this area who um, was on the run, accused of killing three of his loved ones. I saw your highlight on that. Yeah, accused of killing three of his loved ones. And uh, police have been looking for him for a few days. And um, they find him, arrest him, obviously. And normally, you know, people who are accused of something like that, they certainly don't talk to media. But um, he wanted to talk to media. So um, because there were a lot of questions about, you know, why did you do this? Or did you do this? First of all, it's the main question. Did you do this? And then, you know, why? What happened? Just a lot of questions. And so I go into the jail and I talk to this guy. And I'm looking at him face to face through a glass thing in this little small section, small little room. And he not only confesses, he he goes into very, like, terrible detail um, from his perspective of why he claims he did it and, and how he did it. Um, but probably one of the moments that, I don't know, it, it didn't, didn't scare me or bother me, but when I told like my family and others, they were like, you, you realize that's not normal. He, he, he's looking at me and he's, he's, there's a moment where he says he was, um, he was hiding from police. He, he says he had booked an Airbnb and he claims he had a hostage with him at that time. We, we don't know if that's true or not. And um, he was planning on who he was going to harm next. And he was watching the news to see how the news was covering it. And so he said he saw my reports and told me you did a good job. Wow. And that was very like you know, odd, you know, to, you know, definitely one of the more odd moments, probably the oddest moment in my career, you know, when you talk about scenarios like that. So it's, uh, you just never know. Um, I had no idea the day was going to take me that way that day. I found out that he was, you know, going to interview probably like at 12 30 that day so i was well into my day and so it's just it gives you a kind of insight how things can change and then how how bizarre they can sometimes get and being able to sit across from him and, and look him dead in his eye and ask him these questions knowing he just admitted to doing these absolute terrible things and um you know i i'm now charged with processing all of that and and putting words behind it in context and do it quickly, you know. If I think that interview ended at like one thirty, one forty, and I had to be on air for four o'clock, you know. So you know, you talk about, you know, um, you have to make a lot of decisions, 
you got to try to consider a lot of things. Um, you know, not just facts, but people. You know, you got to yeah. try to consider that too. So yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a gratifying profession. I can wow. put you in places you never imagined, but uh, it it comes with its challenges. Like you even saying that, like, and the thing about communication, I mean, you, communication obviously flows in everybody's job, but even when you're taking on a story like that, you just said, you're trying to get the facts and you can try, you're trying to consider the people. And also you're trying not to necessarily consider yourself because I'm thinking of myself in that situation. I'm not on the job. I would bug out on this guy. And obviously you have to kind of disconnect from yourself to tie that emotion there and be like, these are the facts that I have to give. This is how I have to communicate this story. So there's all that kind of play that you have to navigate. That's just mm -hmm. so interesting. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Well, let's let's end on like, what was your your highest note? We can end this on a light note. But uh, I said earlier how big I am on representation, right? So um, probably my high note recently within the last month, um, there was a little boy who was turning uh, five years old. And his mom sent me an email saying he loves watching the news. He, he likes watching the weather. He likes watching meteorologists. Which, by the way, for those who don't know, meteorology, you do go to school for that. Those are scientists, all right? They're not just like reading weather reports. Meteorologist is a whole scientist, all right? Um, and he loves them, but, you know, he's a, a young black boy, and his parents are really like, you know, we really want him to meet you and to see that he can do what you do. And um, they invited me to his birthday party. And so um, I was able to make it. Uh, I surprised them because I, I honestly, I just didn't know if I was going to be able to make it. Um, and so I was able to. And uh, I went and just, you know, the excitement from him and the other kids. Granted, at first they thought I was a meteorologist and I had to disappoint them. It'd be like, <laughs> I just, uh, but you know, I, I got to you know, he, we That's he the weatherman. I know, like he had, his, he had his birthday at a science museum, so you know he wanted wow. to see everything in the science museum. So we go around uh -huh. the science museum, and I, I did post about this too. I posted about his you know being with him, um, but what I didn't post is a few days later. You know, I wanted to get them in the studio, but because of pandemic. Uh, restrictions right now for for our station we're not bringing in anyone who's not business related for um for like walkthroughs or tours so i did a virtual tour with him and his family so i, I you know got him on facetime and walked through the station introduced him to the anchors and the team and the meteorologists and let them do a whole question and answer with our team of meteorologists and so that's that's a relationship now, right? So that's probably one of the the recent highlights and, and I keep getting things like that. Parents who want me to meet their children or college students who are reaching out because they saw me, uh, teachers who want me to come in and, and speak to their classes, you know. Um, so I've been doing a lot of those. To me, that's that's like 
one of the best parts about my job is that it's so visual like i'm i'm or visible like i'm 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 representing and i'm not you know it doesn't not something that uh, I don't recognize and, and take for granted. Um, I know, even if they never take this field, that there's some kid um, or somebody who is in the position I was when I was in high school and I run into this, you know, reporter randomly and it triggers something for my career. So um, that's probably the high. And, and that's part of the things that I like the most about my job is that um, they get to see that they can do something. Um, literally, when they turn on the TV, they can see me doing it and I can advocate for them. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's um, yeah, that's 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 something I think is pretty special. Applause. Yeah. That was a good way to, to wrap it up. That was a good up. way to end yeah. it, wrap it up. Do you want to do you want to wrap up the rest of it, Kiki? Sure. Can you first, Eugene, can you plug your social media, please? We're going to put them in the show notes, but just so people can hear it, too. Uh, Yeah. So anybody who wants to find me, reach out to me, um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just search at Eugene Daniel TV, E-U-G-E-N-E-D-A-N-I-E-L-T-V. Um, that's for all of the platforms, and um, you can reach me there. Cool. Thank you so much, Eugene. This was this was really fun. I really enjoyed. It. I feel like I I know what like I've heard about what you do, and like we see what you do. But this was a good insight for us too. So thank you so much. Hopefully, our listeners are really excited about this next like just part of the podcast because we are really excited to just be able to talk to a lot of our friends and acquaintances and colleagues that we can have on here to show you like Eugene did a great job of a day or not even just a day in life, just a, a snap, a peek into what their, their lives are like and their careers um, and how it affects their personal lives too. So thank you again. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, everything will be in the show notes as usual. If you would please like, share, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on our social media. And if you feel that you want to support us monetarily, our Venmo is in the show notes. So thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with the next one next week. See you. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.